Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Music Rules, the podcast where we talk about awesome music and music that rules and music that is awesome. And what could be more awesome than listening to music with my buddy, Jack? Yay, yippee. And what could be more awesome than not only listening to music, but talking about the rules that govern music? The rules of music. And we also talk about the rules of parliament. We get down and dirty with the policies of the mm. Labour and Liberal parties of Australia. Parties, yep. And the, what, what, a, what a plebiscite is? What, exactly. Why is, why is the name so funny? Why is Who it knows? so funny? Well, I always thought it was plebiscity. And find out. The plebiscity of the city. Plebiscity. <laughs> And we're really talking cute, about actually. a wonderful band today uh, whose name is Bar Italia. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking it's the excellent Italian restaurant in Leichhardt on Norton Street that serves deliciously large portions and only takes cash in the year of our Lord 2023. But no. <clears throat> you're wrong. It's not that. It's, it's not, actually It's not the Italian restaurant from- that, that posted... Um, are you okay written out in pasta on are you okay day it's not that <laughs> restaurant I, I gotta check this out that's really funny <laughs> and it's also not the bar in sutherland that you were talking about earlier yeah i think maybe it's maybe it is just one bar in leichhardt i might have got it wrong yeah and it's not even a bar <laughs> i just looked at the are you okay it's really funny yeah <laughs> They've spelt for the listener. They've spelt out "Are you okay?" in pasta, and it's not in like a. I kind of imagined it being like looking very pretty, but it looks like it's taken the pictures taken on an iPhone three. It's um and it's written in penne, not spaghetti, by the way. So it's very mm. blocky. But but the O is like the round type of pasta. All right. I I don't know my pastas, but yeah, that's that's clever. I like that. But no, we're not talking about any of those. But how interesting that I should start this show with a bit of a mystery by by saying what we're not talking about. Because for mm. many years, Bar Italia was an anonymous band. Nobody knew who the hell they were. Until one day, they uh, got signed to a bigger record label and uh, released this album that we're going to be talking about today. Tracy Denham. Um, and their names were released to the public, and I'm just going to find what exactly their names are. Nina Cristante, Jasmine Tariq Femi, and Sam Fenton. And they're from bloody London. They're not from Italy at all. Oh, I think I said they're from USA before. I'm so sorry. How dare you say they're from the USA when they're from they the UK? It, they should call it uh, Bar Italia. How interesting that we're talking about a band from the UK, whereas the restaurant Bar Italia asked if we are UK. Okay. They asked <laughs> if we were okay, in fact. Maybe maybe on are you on are UK day, are you UK day, we can reach out to our British friends and just see how they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to check in with your British to. friends. It's so important. Because mm. it's such an embarrassing affliction. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're the band Bar Italia, in which case yes. you're very cool and mysterious. Trey cool. Trey cool. Trey, Trey cool. Um, yeah, I really, I really like this album. I only started listening to it maybe like a week and a half ago. But I've basically listened to nothing else and have just been so laminate and just like been so immersed in this world. It's very addictive to listen to. Um, there's just something about it. It just like hits all these like pleasure centers in my brain, like triggered by this feeling of like nostalgia. They combine all these different influences from the nineties, from the eighties, from the two thousands, um, in this kind of just really cool indie rock package. It's, um, hard to describe exactly. So maybe perhaps we can just dive right into a song. And this song is called Nurse. Very good. Nurse. Three. Uh, wait, sorry. Well, did, did we did we say the exclamation loud enough? I this song moved called... away from the mic, so I didn't peek. Nurse! Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really I have good. housemates now, so I, this, I very likely could have freaked them out. And hey, they need it to know they're alive. Shall we do a three, two, one nurse? Oh, whoops. I just started playing the song. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Three, two, one, nurse. 
think I need to go to hospital because that was such a good song. <laughs> yeah, don't you hate when a song is so good it just immediately sends you to the ICU? <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Um, but in this case, that. no, I love it because that song is awesome and makes me feel like just going absolutely crazy. Yeah, is that what that song is? I was reading the lyrics and I was trying to kind of get my head around what it's uh, what it's about or what the implication is. Yeah, I think like a lot of their lyrics, they don't say things so literally or like some of it's literal and some of it's not, um, which is part of what I really like about them is there's this kind of sense of like, this sense of mystery is not just confined to kind of their persona and their online presence. For example, like on their Instagram they don't post any captions with anything. They just post URLs in the um, in the description for the image, which famously right. on Instagram you can't click the URL that's written in the in your um, your caption, right? So yeah, it's just yeah. like this. Like there are all these just random like dead URL kind of text things. Where, where, where do these URLs lead? Where do they take you to? Just to their website, which I guess has right. tour dates. So it's like this kind of anti-internet um, aesthetic while also feeling like very understanding of what the internet is. It's really smart mm. and it makes people intrigued. I think it's kind of part of the reason why they've become more and more hyped is because people are like, who are these guys? Like, what is their whole deal? Like, mm. they have such a specific and unique sound. Like, where did this come from? Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, and with the lyrics, like, yeah, there is this kind of ambiguity. And I love how they have multiple singers as well. Um, so, like, my favorite part of this song is, I guess, the chorus where um, Sam Fenton sings... I must cover your eyes and you move like crazy to your favorite song. And there's this like ding, ding, chicka, ding, ding, like scratchy kind of like 90s guitar. Yeah. It just like hits so hard for me. I don't know why. It just goes so hard. Um, I think it's like, it's like a perfect storm. Like the, I think the, the, the vocals and maybe even the British accent kind of lends it a bit of like, uh, bit of that nostalgic element what? like i don't know maybe maybe there's a period of time where there was like that sort of music was a bit more popular in australia yeah or something but it is like deeply nostalgic yeah you you, you want to know fan you want to want me to rip my heart open and tell you what it made me think of yeah tell me i i heard the singer and it made me think about like watching like tv when i was four years old wow that i don't know if, so if accurate yeah, yeah. It's, I, it I don't know like if, watching... if it's because I've been like limiting my exposure to British people or something unintentionally, or like I just haven't met many British. I don't know. It's just it's I haven't. Yeah, it's just just a weird thing. I don't really know why it is. Yeah, I mean, like I grew up like listening to so much British indie rock, like Block Party, really? and like. I don't know all those other bands that existed at that time. The Arctic Monkeys, mm. the Kaiser Chiefs, like not necessarily super cool stuff, but just that was what was like super popular. And I think probably especially mm. for teenage boys. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It just kind of takes me back to that time period of like just really good indie rock. Um, mm. Yeah. And yeah, that chorus, it just, it's so good. The way he sings it, I like how he sounds like he doesn't care about anything. <laughs> he just sounds like a completely empty person. Um, <laughs> fully projecting things onto him. But um, yeah, he has this really nice, like, affectless uh, delivery, which is so fun. And it contrasts greatly with the other members of the band. Yeah, that is that is so fun. It's also so, like, like it's it's something I wouldn't have really guessed that you'd be super into because... I feel like I've I've never heard you sing affectless. Yeah, I know, guess. Or, or, or like an empty person. <laughs> yeah. I put a lot of affect in. Um, I also like the fact that the lyrics in this song talk about dancing to your favorite song. Like nothing will get me going more than when somebody starts talking about like there being a great song playing 
within another song. Like, I'm just imagining, like, the best song I've ever heard. And it makes me think the song that is currently playing is pretty freaking sweet, too. That's like me whenever I've got on uh, Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. Yeah. And a Britney song was on. And a Britney song was on. So I put my hands up. But in that in that little pre-chorus, uh, I you know, the Britney song is on. Yeah. I'm listening to uh, Toxic, you know. <laughs> my, Miley's singing away and then all I can hear is that, that sweet violin yeah. sampled from that Bollywood track. Um, oh, we should do a Britney episode. Yeah, day. we should. Um, I'm, but yeah, I, I, I think I, about I it when I'm mean. listening to uh, One Direction best song ever, which goes, We danced all night to the best song ever. Thought it went like this, but we don't remember. I thought it went boop, 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 boop. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've ne- never heard this song. Is, is this like a B side for One Direction? No, it's like a later single. Um, oh, right. But yeah, like just songwriters or songwriters out there talk about a great song that is playing during your own song and i will think that your song is great that's the biggest this is the best piece of advice i've ever given on this show yeah take notes yeah have have, have you ever done have you ever done that fen or is that something that you leave for other artists oh i don't know if i would dare but um maybe i will do it now i'm trying to think if you've ever done it I don't think I, I don't have. Think, I've, yeah. No, no. I've just used other songs in my songs. Um, so some other things that I wrote. I love the bass playing on this entire record. Whoever plays the bass, I'm not sure which one of them it is, but it's really has really melodic instincts. Like potentially mm. they may have been a guitar player before this or just a melodic right. bass player. Who knows? Um, I, I, I love that. Crediting like good bass playing to being an ex-guitarist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, they're not just sticking on the root notes, and they're also not yeah. just sticking on beat one. Like, there's a lot of kind of... Yeah. Boom, ding, ding, do, 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 but... Like, a lot of syncopation, and just keeps the thing driving along. Um, yeah. And there are all these, like, locked-in guitar parts, panned left and right, which is another thing that kind of reminds me of this indie rock of my youth. Where it was always two guitars, bass, drums. The guitars were always panned hard left, hard right. Um, so mm. if you were sharing headphones with someone, you would like always, like one person would miss out on the guitar solo because it was just pants so hard in like one ear yeah. or the other ear. Um, yeah, but these guitar parts, I guess they're, it's a little different. Like it's sometimes it's like interlocking. Uh, sometimes it's almost doing this like rhythmic displacement or phasing thing where it'll be doing the same thing, but just going between the different ears. So they use it in a lot of, uh, in a lot of cool ways. Um, yeah, and then the drums, they have this... I love the drums in this song. Yeah. I think the drums are my favorite part of this song. It's almost like Karat Rocky yeah. in a way. Totally. Um, it might also be the fact that all the guitars are like in like doing that like... Is it like a Dorian thing? It's like C-sharp minor Dorian. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's got like this really like melancholic, wonderful sort of... Um, yeah, I guess like it's funny you make these comparisons between like 2000s kind of indie rock and arctic monkeys and stuff like that because yeah it's not that much like me- arctic monkeys <laughs> well well yeah but i guess you didn't compare it to arctic monkeys but like putting it in that sort of era because to me this is um like way more kind of like grungy i guess or yeah. like a bit more like a bit more depresso mm, totally I guess, yeah, probably the band from that era it reminds me most of would be Block Party. Um, and, like, especially, like, the Silent Alarm kind of era. Um, although, I guess Block Party had this kind of hyper-manic energy, whereas this is, like, a lot more laid back. Yeah, the drums, mm. they... What I wrote is that they're kind of breakbeat adjacent, which is mm. a funny way of putting it, but it's, like, this kind of, like, swung 16th note pattern... Um, and yeah, if people don't know what the arm end break is, it was very popular in the 90s. It's like the foundation of drum and bass music. Um, can, can I sing it? Yeah. Can I sing it for the listener? It goes. Let me let me try to sing a slightly more accurate version. Yeah. 
Something like that. Nice. Let, let me sing an even more accurate version. <laughs> just the next like 40 minutes of the podcast yeah, is yeah, us yeah. just going. Here it is at 160 BPM. Um, and then and then you need like some like British guy sort of like rapping over the top, maybe yeah, saying saying some sort of Cockney things. Yeah, maybe Ali G yeah. get Ali G into house. Mm. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's yeah. I wrote breakbeat adjacent drums. It's kind of like this sort of yeah. This these swung sixteenths you hear it a lot in like nineties rock music, um, and it's almost like a result of this cross-pollination of genres that kind of occurred in the 90s where you had like hip-hop inspired by rock music and then you had like rock that has kind of hip-hop-ish drums. Um, Yeah, and there was a lot of this kind of blending of different styles. Um, Yeah, it just sounds great. And the sound of like all the symbols and stuff too is really interesting. Like they're, Mm. they're hitting that symbol in some weird places. Yeah, it, production wise, it almost sounds like it's been um, pulled apart and then put back together again. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's got like maybe it's something to do with like some noise gates or some compression or or like just some the way sort of tape machines of, or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's got a very choppy feel that almost like it almost could be put together electronically. I feel like it probably isn't, but um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a cool effect. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's listen to the next song that I want to talk about, Um, which is, hmm, I'm actually just trying to decide. Let's actually do a different one to what I said to you. Is that okay? Okay. Let's do the song Clark. unceremonious their endings are they're just like well the song is done let's mm. cut it um yeah it's, it's cool it's so true it reminds me of like i used to go to a lot of ambient shows and like the classic ambient ending is to like you build up you build up you build up the drone or whatever it is and then you just stop and mm. it's just silent um yeah yeah so i really like that as a as an ending style fade mm. outs i love a fade out too but yeah it's it's kind of refreshing to just like cut the song <laughs> Yeah. See, I've had the opposite problem where I've only been able to do dramatic cuts. Yeah. 
and it was only I got some feedback that was like, "Hey, your band never lets things ring out." And I was like, "Hmm, that's true." It's like it's kind of <laughs> like it's it has an interesting effect because combined with like the kind of apathy or like the apathetic um, vocalists and stuff, like the sort of emptiness that's inherent in it. It's like that quick cut is almost just like a, it makes me, I, I have visions of like the, the performer finishing and then just like pulling away and not looking at the crowd. Yeah. Just like dun, dun, dun. Move yeah. Away. You know, Walking it's off like... stage. No encore. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's just so like, yeah. I think it, it makes sense for this style of music. It seems stylistically appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I really love the lyrics in this song. Um, in particular, there's like this one repeated line. Um, Don't waste a tear because I know it's only practice when you care for someone else. That's really sad. What, what does that mean? It's like, I guess tear. it's like, well, a lot of this album, it feels like this breakup album. And it makes yeah. it really intriguing having these multiple singers because you feel like you're getting these multiple perspectives on a breakup. Um, mm. It reminds me a bit of like the XX or something where like you have this male fem- male singer and a female singer. In this case, there are two male mm. singers and one female singer. Um, mm. And yeah, like you just get these really uh, different perspectives. So you feel like you're getting a version of events told by different people throughout the song. Yeah, that line, I, mean, yeah. I guess it means like if there are two people breaking up, one of them is crying about something, but um, but maybe they've already found, you know, a new person, for example. And then mm. he's saying, well, don't waste your tears because it's only, it's only practice when you care for somebody else, right? Like, don't waste your tears on yes. me. There's no point in doing that because you're, yeah. you're just practicing for... On me. Yeah, you're just practicing to be with the person another. that you actually want to be with yeah yeah it's kind of sad that is sad and probably pretty true i guess yeah young young people kind of do that i guess when you're young you feel these emotions really intensely yeah yeah i thought this band was like really young when i was listening to it but i actually have no idea what age they are they could be young they could be our age they could be whatever age it's a bit hard to tell Um, They they look slightly younger than us yeah which is definitely a problem because I'm noticing this with a lot of bands. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I also really like how they've written the song with all these like, there's not really any chords in this song. It's all just like riffs and bass lines and then it adds up to create the harmony. Um, and so I really like just like there's accumulation of these like monophonic melodies and then it kind of creates this harmony. Um, Mm. it's really satisfying and it feels like there's just so much, uh, space, right? Because these parts interlock so well and then the vocals just sit so nicely at the center of it. Mm. And I'm blanking. This is, this is probably my favorite of the songs so far, but I, I would disagree with you about the, how there's no key. Cause I thought, cause I, while I was playing, I was like. Or maybe maybe you weren't oh, there's saying no there chords, was no key. But there is a key. Oh. Yeah, I'm but, just like so, but, they accumulate melodies to create yeah. the sense of the key rather than just having just playing like a minor chord the whole time or uh, whatever. Okay. That so, makes sense. Yeah, I love yeah. having those like interlocking melodies that build up, you know, to a chord. It feels yeah. kind of polyphonic, almost like um yeah, like Baroque music where you have these really interlocking parts and then you get yeah. the sense of the key. Um, I could tell it was harmonically yeah. ambiguous because when I sat down to try and figure out the chords as it was playing, I um, I found myself like harmonizing with like the bass and, yeah. and I couldn't really find where the root was. And that's yeah. always a good sign that a song is written, um, yeah, kind of ambiguously, I guess. But I feel like they write yeah, a I've... lot in minor modes, and that, but then they often emphasize the sixth of like the natural minor, yeah. which gives it this almost yeah. like major key feel for a second and then they take that away. Um, yeah. There's a really nice ambiguity between like that minor six, so like um, a minor six chord, for example. So let's say you have E, G, B, and C. It's like a yeah. minor six chord. Uh, there's a really nice yeah. ambiguity between that type of chord and then a major seventh in first inversion, right? It's like the same kind of chord. Yeah. The same exact notes, right? 
but you can hear yeah. them in two really different ways. So like, I could hear it like this. And that sounds kind of more Stranger minor. Things. And then that's more of like a major seven in uh, first immersion. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I feel like they muck around with that, and it makes sense because there's an ambiguity in the things that they're expressing. They're not ex- they're not clear cut songs that have this clear cut meaning. It's not yeah. like you know the 1975 song "I'm in Love with You" or whatever, um, where it's yeah. like there's this really clear meaning and this clear message. It's um, way more ambiguous and like expressing these feelings that are hard to explain right like mm. how do you explain well, it, it, like it, it's like confused right yeah like, like it's not really like providing answers or yeah anything it's like not that. a love song it's not a vitriolic breakup song it's a like well don't waste your emotions on me if you like someone else more how do you explain that kind of feeling in a song that's what is really exciting about the music i think as well it's mm. like it's trying to it it just gives you a feeling and it makes it really hard to talk about on this podcast because how do you explain a feeling, right? It looks like mm. how to explain like a mood or, you know, an atmosphere that's created. And for some reason it just mm. hits and it's not necessarily because of specific musical things that they're doing. Well, well, maybe, maybe this is the best way to explain it is because like just basically what we just said, like there's kind of like all these independent like ideas or melodic um melodic parts that are like tangentially related to each other like they're all sort of diatonically in the same key but each of those parts represents a different thing and affects the other elements in an interesting way yeah definitely Um, much like people be doing that people do be affecting each other in different ways and people Mm. do be having ambiguous relationships with one another Uh. Mm. (laughs) hey that's it we just did it (laughs) We, we distilled it yeah we got it mystery soul yeah it's another example of um pandiatonicism which we talked about a couple of weeks ago oh uh, yeah yeah where it's like there's it's definitely not functional harmony it is not like a real mm. like this chord has to lead to this other chord it's really just using all the mm. notes of the scale and just kind of it does seem like they've just kind of jammed it out until they've found something that sounds really good um mm. and i also like that they don't they don't change that much it's just these short songs each section is just this like addictive loop that you just feel like really good about listening to for ages. And then there'll be yeah. like a second section, which is like another super addictive loop. It kind of just goes to show like you don't have to have like a very constant change if like mm. your loop that you create is interesting enough and like detailed mm. enough. And they put so much like- care and detail into building up this like like just a real tasty loop and then like you just you want to listen to it over and over and like the same with the lyrics too like this song it's like there's a verse um or i don't know they've written about it differently on genius.com it's throwing me off but like sam fenton has his part that he sings which happens twice right he doesn't change the lyrics he just uses the same lyrics twice and then there's um, the other big part of the song is is the chorus, which is like obviously repeats as well. So, like, if you make the individual parts of your song good enough, then you can be repetitive. But I think it's really, actually, really, really hard to do, like, to make it good enough that it's not boring. Um, mm. And and having a good understanding of how long to repeat it for. Yeah, um, it never overstays its yeah. welcome. Like, if there was a third yeah, chorus, I think this, this or, track. Yeah. This track runs at two minutes thirty. Yeah, I think. Yeah, or, or two twenty or something. So. Yeah, super short. Mm. Uh, that leaves you coming back for more. Exactly. Yes. So I think we can probably keep going to the last track that I want to talk about, which is a little track that makes me very Gladdington, and it's called makes you very glad Maddington. Down, but only for today. 
song that does not overstay its welcome just cuts off hmm. <laughs> and i feel like the guitar it kind of starts to slip again it's like ding did it and then it stops <laughs> yeah that is the beautiful uh album closer from the album tracy denim by baratalia that we are talking about today um yeah i really love this song once again i love the lyrics i love the atmosphere that they create um i love the use of the acoustic guitar it doesn't really occur that much in the rest of the album but it has this really jangly bright sound and then i love these kind of out of the box synth strings that really reminds me of like 90s synth strings but then it also reminds me of like 90s revival kind of music of the 2010s for example it's so weird like there's all these layers of nostalgia in this music it's so like trippy to me and I sent this album to a couple of different people and they all say like it reminds them of different things. Like my friend said it reminded him of like 80s post-punk and then my brother said it reminded him of like Cocteau Twins. Um, so it's so interesting. Like I guess they just are pulling from all these different places so that for each different person it has its own kind of resonance. Um, yeah. I, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. How Like the, the echo of an echo of an echo. Kind of like... A, like like this this music as as a seed existed like forty years ago yeah and now it's like I mean I guess that's all music in in some sense yeah but, um, it's just transformed like yeah. a, I don't know how to explain why it feels new but it just does um mm. yeah I realized I had all these notes actually typed up in my phone that I wasn't looking at before but um I may read out <laughs> some of them um yeah. i love how open this song feels like in t- the sound of it is just feels so open especially compared to the previous songs which feel so dry like there's like no almost no reverb on anything which is crazy um i wrote mm. in my notes that it's it's like this breakup album that puts you in the same small cramped apartment as its protagonists it's like you feel like you're just like sitting on the ground while like these three people are on the couch like talking about their innermost feelings uh, in this really like it's like claustrophobic almost and then this song feels like a letting go like a releasing of all that emotion um and it feels like a coming to terms with the acceptance of a breakup where she's saying these things nina cristante is saying these things like um let me get the exact quote but um I wouldn't go any further. A friend would know how to advise me. And I don't know how to find you just in the air around me. Which is kind of this... It's like really beautiful like lyrics. It like made me like feel emotional somehow um, when I was listening to it like during the week. But it's like you kind of like... If this person like no longer exists in your life, like then you look for them in like this empty space. Um, and that's 
I don't know, kind of this nice message. Um, and I love how the song begins in this minor key with this kind of one four minor progression. Um, so you, you have this melancholic feeling and then halfway through the bass just shifts and then it becomes this major key and everything just opens up and it's just like this cathartic release of emotion. Um, it's mm. so satisfying. Yeah. Was that, what were the chords in the beginning? Because I'm conscious of the fact I'm listening off my phone. Yeah, uh, the the chords in the beginning, it's just like one four in a minor key, and then it just shifts to one four in the relative major. Because for some reason, I heard it as like B major to um to G sharp minor, like boom. Maybe it was that. I could be getting it wrong. Because <laughs> one of the things that I really liked about that was the fact that the bass and the way it's played and the way it slides between like the the sort of major to relative minor yeah is like it's just so like ugh. it's just completely kind of given up exactly at least that's the sort of like feeling i get from listening to it it's just this the fact that it's not even just like playing it sort of accurately and it's just sort of like just sliding between the two notes makes it seem really resigned to yeah. whatever's going on. Yeah, you're... It strikes me as like behavior at the end of a band rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure it is B to the G sharp minor. And then the ending is like B major seven to E major seven. Yeah. So it's like way nice more like four. cathartic like feeling. Um hmm. Just by shifting like one bass note, it's crazy. Mm, like, but it's also it's also still like what we're talking about with the other songs. It's nothing too shattering or too out of pocket. Yeah, like, totally. because the, the the bass could hypothetically keep doing that same, you know, one to the minor six thing, and it would still be like in, in the same key because of it would be playing the third of the E. Yeah. Instead of just playing, um, yeah, G sharp minor. So. Yeah, it's almost like a, a conscious like mixing choice to put up the guitar that's going B to E major. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just like, yeah, transforms it all, opens it up. Um, cool. So that is Baratalia, Tracy Denham. I'd highly recommend listening to this album um, just because it's hard to talk about and it's hard to explain what makes it good. So look, I've done my best we've done our best at talking about it, but it really is something that it feels really good to like immerse yourself in the world of this album and just like listen to it over and over. And yeah, I really enjoyed doing that this week. So maybe you, the listener would enjoy that as well. Um, so I think it's time for me to play the song that I wrote for this week. Um, Ooh, I'm so excited. It's called project eight. <laughs> project eight master dot web. Yeah, that's right. Killer. Here we go. You came along with your good friend. You stayed a long time. You keep alive. You told us I'm 
I feel like, I feel like that was like uh, putting in. What was that mandolin going? It's a uh, ukulele. Ukulele. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I, I definitely saw how you added in all of the moving parts that sort of coalesce in in interesting and different ways. Um, I think the vocals were apathetic, and I take away. I take back what I said before about you always singing with affect. Yeah, I don't really. I I, I do uh, sing quite apathetically sometimes. But it's mostly yeah, an effort I've... to stay in tune, I think. <laughs> Maybe it's because last time we hung out for an extended period of time, it was um, when we were doing a musical together. Yeah, true. Which is all about that affect. Yes, affect. Talking Ta-ta. with great enunciation. And diction. And diction. Uh yeah, I liked the little amen break. Oh yeah, and uh yeah, you're totally right. It has that. There's an extra bit to it. It's it's more than just yeah. But people break it up in all kinds of different ways, and they like chop it up and paste it around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really. I I I still don't really understand. Like like I I I get it within the world of this song but it's it's still just like kind of interesting because i hear the amen break and it makes me think of like like uh like jungle Prodigy is massive yeah and jungle <laughs> and stuff yeah it's yeah. just like may, maybe maybe it speaks to the ubiquity of it that you can kind of put it in a track like this and it can still uh still yeah sound like this yeah you can kind of put it like in that. any genre almost yeah 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 it's cool um yeah, like the those little synth part. Is there synth on this um, Baritalia album? I don't think so. Or is it just a liberty that you took? Yeah, just a liberty. It's like it's so hard yeah, for nice. me because I don't play guitar. So like, I was like really <laughs> struggling. I was like, this album is such a guitar album. Like, it is so guitar-y. I was wondering how you do with that. Yeah. So you, you don't you don't play guitar at all? At all? No. I well, I really? did. I played the ukulele part on this. That goes do yeah. do 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 do. Which um, only required me to move like one finger, like very small amount. Um, yeah, but you know, there's yeah. a bit going on there. It's hammer-ons and pull-offs. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, those were accidental hammer-ons and pull-offs. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, if it works. I, yeah, it was not intentional, yeah. but I'm glad that it works. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I have to have some. I was putting in the garage <laughs> band guitar, going, <laughs> and it oh, sounded no. so horrible. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I'm just going to try to record this on ukulele, which is the one, like, string instrument that I have. Um, and, yeah, that's mm. how it ended up in the song. I, f- I, f- I feel like mi- like MIDI bass guitar ain't so bad, but something about yeah. MIDI guitar is just horrendous. It's horrible. I don't know what it is. But maybe I mean, like... in, in, in the right context, like, yeah. who's that fella? Is it J- Jerry Paper? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He uses that. And yeah, there's definitely like it, you can it do it so in cool. a particular aesthetic way, like or an ironic way yeah. or something. Yeah, where yeah. it's supposed to sound, you know, just crazy. But yeah, when you're trying to emulate but, but, like but, but, a really like cool like guitar record, I was yeah. struggling so hard, man. I, and and I also there's what. like zero ironic elements in this album, at least from what it seems like. Yeah, uh, it is relatively yeah. sincere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What else was there to say about that? Yeah, the synth. And there was some strings at the end. Yeah. Is that right? There's a yeah. Yeah, guitar band. Uh, guitar band. Garage band strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's my answer to everything. Yeah. And, and w- once again, that's probably the the like thing that they use. Did you say that they used similar string patches in the last track? Yeah. Well, there's some sort of string synth. It just sounded mm. like really out of the box, like no real velocity or dynamics to it. Um, yeah, I, I like the sound of that. Like, it's got this funny, like, it has this cool kind of flatness to it. Um, mm. It becomes kind of its own thing, its own instrument in a way. 
you know, yeah. Kind when, of when you lean, when you lean into it, yeah. When you lean into it, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's like that. There's like that uncanny valley where yeah. MIDI things can sound really, really close, but not quite close. Yeah. And then you feel like you're listening to like, you know, like a smooth jazz record in the elevator. Yeah. Where you know it's just like, it's not quite there. Yeah. It's Everything so, is too flat. So difficult. Yeah, it's so weird. So like, it's kind of good to just pick an aesthetic and commit to it, I guess. It's funny because, like, I used to think, like, when I was a kid and I was playing my Casio keyboard, which has a hundred different sounds, I'd be like, this sounds nothing like French horn. This sucks, or whatever. But then now yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this is actually, this is great. This is just a really cool, unique sound in its own right. Uh, and, and you know why? It's because it's the sound of your childhood. You know, like, like that's like, French horn, um, but no, just it's just this cool sound. But yeah, you, I think you're probably right. It's like it's a nostalgia thing. Um, if if I think of like the most like iconic um, kind of guitar, like MIDI guitar of 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 the era, I think of Nine AM till I come. You know that song? No. It goes. Till I come. Oh my god. I'll play it and you'll know it for straight away. It's funny how um yeah, with all this stuff, like really old versions of Muse score, for example, like the sounds on that or Sibelius or Finale mm. Notepad even. The sounds on yeah. that they have this weird nostalgia now, the really awful MIDI string sounds or Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like if you wait long enough, I think Brian Eno said that about stuff like don't ever try to be retro because time will do that for you oh yeah um can i show you the song yeah go for it that's an awesome sound i think this music can kind of bring us to the end of the episode Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, this was Music Rules, and this is Bar Italia, the band, not the restaurant. But, hey, check out the restaurant. Yes. Here's a plug for the restaurant. Go to Bar Italia, huge portion sizes. As far as I can tell, the only uh, Italian restaurant that, uh, that seems to care about your mental health. Yeah. They're asking, are you okay? And we're telling them. Hell yeah, with this no. big ass bowl of <laughs> Absolutely lasagna. <not. laughs> well, maybe after I've eaten the lasagna, I won't be okay, but just from being full, not because the food is bad in any way. I don't want to get sued yeah. by Bar Italia, the restaurant. No. Anyway, you know, they got big lawyers. Italian food rules. Goodbye. Bar Italia rules. Uru. Oh, wait. Check us out on, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Rate us five stars. On iTunes, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, yeah. at Music Rules Cast. Yeah. Yeah, we're not too proud. We're not too cool to and ask you to follow us on Instagram. We're not, and we're to beg very for much it. Not, not anonymous. Yeah. Um, and get ready for next week because we might be, uh, it might be the start of something new. Yes. Yes. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's great. Great teaser. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>